You're listening to the Fantasy Wildcard Podcast. Good evening, welcome to the Fantasy Wildcard Dynasty Show. I'm your host tonight, Kev. You can follow me on Twitter at Dynasty underscore Goat. Usually, we've got two other guys with us tonight, but sadly, Matt and Ali are both not not able to make it. Uh, I think Matt's Matt's a little bit under the weather. He's been working on a roof today in the rain, so um, not feeling the greatest. And uh, Ali's, unfortunately, unable to attend. He's double booked with um, another event. So um, it is me as the host tonight, but we have got an unbelievable guest on tonight's show, which will more than fill the void of... Matt and Ali, you've got the best one from the Fantasy Wildcard Dynasty show on tonight and myself. So we have got an amazing show. Before we get on to the main man himself, there is um, an announcement which we've been rolling out for quite a while now, but Charity Streamathon kicking off Saturday the 20th of May, so just under a couple of weeks' time. We're doing a 16-hour live stream, 10 a.m. to 2 a.m. UK time, 5 a.m. to 9 p.m. US Eastern. It's raising funds for my charity, which... They support people in need of mental health support. Um, they're just giving pages open to, to donate with we're about 12% of our target. So anything you can give in the build-up or after the stream will be muchly appreciated. Please donate if you can. If you can't, spreading the awareness to others, sharing the page, etc., would be muchly appreciated by all, all of us at Fantasy Wildcard. So yeah, stream of in just under a couple of weeks' time. Please do what you can to support that event. Thank you very much. Now we're on to the main man, the main event. We've got on with us tonight the host of the Undrafted podcast, member of the Undraftables. He's also the creator of the Dynasty Anatomy series. He might be the guy behind Fantasy Receipts. Maybe we'll never find out, but I want to give a warm wildcard return to Jax Falcone, who you can follow on Twitter at Dino Game Theory. Good afternoon, Jax. How are you doing today? I'm doing great, great, uh, great intro. Um, I may or may not be fantasy receipts. You'll never know. <laughs> no, I love that, and you are such a such a well-regarded member of the the dynasty community. So much so, that thank you. I named my son after you. My son's called Jack. So, a little homage to you there. I love it. High praise, high praise. I mean, I, I like to think he wasn't named after me because I don't want to let you down. But um, hopefully, there's some other really good person who's Jax, who, you know. But you know, it's good. Hey, I, Jax isn't my real name, so therefore, you know, the enigma that is Jax is is awesome. So you yeah. naming him after who I think I am is actually a good thing. That's good. <laughs> No, that, that's perfect, is that? Thank you. So, so yeah, I thought I'd put you up nice and early because we have got uh, an intention. We'll be completing a, a rookie mock draft post NFL draft. I know we had Scott Conn on beforehand to to do the, the pre pre mock draft, but we've got Jacks on tonight to do the uh, post, and we'll be getting Jacks to take the odd numbers. I'll take the evens. The format is twelve team Superflex PPR, no tight end premium, starting ten. So yeah, we're going to kick off at the one hundred one. We're not giving you the layups, it's because of the, the various tiers a little bit later on gives us better answers to come with. So, um, yeah, I'll pass it over to you, Jack. So, have you got us the 101 in this rookie mock draft? B. John Robinson. Smith pick. Boop. Uh, yeah, I, I think um, I, I'm in a couple of leagues. There's been a, a few spots where I've seen Anthony Richardson go first. Um, I think there's cases to be made, but in this format, you know, um, 
yeah, it's Bijan. The, the, the case for Bijan is a, a, a couple layers. Number one, he's the surest thing, the surest bet on the board. You know, if you're just going to bet on who's the most likely to be a good NFL player, it's Bijan Robinson. Um, and for that reason, almost alone, he's worth the 1.01. On top of that, his profile is such that, you know, he could easily be a top, you know, a top five or six uh, RB1 in fantasy on a yearly basis. His pass-catching pass profile is that, that he can be a complete three-down back and play in all-game scenarios as well as goal line. So there's really no reason to fade Bijan in any way, shape, or form. The only reason that you might not want to take Bijan is if you're in some sort of a start-two quarterback, especially 12, 14, 16-team league of some sort like that where quarterbacks are just so steamy that you just absolutely need one. Uh, in those situations, yeah, sure. Uh, but you're almost better off trading back. I had an interesting situation in the league I was in. Actually, my listener league and the, the guy with the 101 ended up taking AR. And then he sort of DM'd me and said, I you know, I had a couple offers. I said, you should have just sold it to the 102 for anything. You know, for anything. It doesn't even matter what. Because, you know, if, even if it's just a future second. And, of course, he uh, he sort of said, well, that guy was being a dick. So screw him. And I <laughs> You gave him B. John anyway, you know, at least take a second round pick. So at the end of the day, it's like, um, you know, there's a little bit of game theory there. Uh, I'm the 102 in a draft right now. I don't know if uh, if they picked the 101 yet. And I'll be curious to see if they take AR and gift me Bijan. If not, I'm okay just sort of drafting 102 in that league because it's a start three quarterback league if you can. Double super. Wow. Yeah. So he might take the quarterback there and give me Bijan. See what I'm saying? So in some of these leagues, it can get a little bit tricky. But in your standard league, just slam Bijan and be happy. No, I think it's um, it's the smart pick. It's the, it's the correct pick at the window. When we know that Bijan, he's, he's got it all. He's a three-down guy. He's, he's very safe for a running back, uh, despite the position. Just where he's going to be used, the draft capital is fantastic. Landing spot's going to get a ton of workload as well. It's going to be a really exciting offense over at the Falcons, so agree with this pick. I think there is a lot of teams that have the 101 that probably aren't ready for a Bijan to be the final True. piece unless they've, they're really hammering a lot of picks in this draft to really up that roster to a com competing level. But, um, yeah, Bijan is such an incredible talent. I think he gets mentioned alongside people like Barkley, Taylor, Ezekiel Elliott as absolute smash prospects are just going to be elite for five six seven years so perfect perfect start to it i just want to know with with bijan in 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 terms of your startups is going at the end of round one do, would you be happy taking him in round one or would you prefer to get maybe um an elite qb on the board before then dipping back to bijan in general i prefer the qbs i, I you know i i think that's his value so it's okay but um you know so it's not like a bad pick or anything. Yeah. I tend to want to, if I'm not taking quarterbacks up there, uh, I prefer to trade out and get big value. Um, I'm in a startup right now with a pretty heavy hitting. Uh, it's a, it's a big money league too. So it's a, it's a tough crowd and, uh, and, and a lot of money. And so for those reasons, it's harder to make those deals. It really is. It's very interesting. A lot of guys are not looking to pay a lot to move up because, it's it's just interesting. So sometimes you can you can exploit your league, and when you can exploit your league, I'd rather trade the hell out of there. You know, you see some of these trades that where guys get you know first round picks plus only have to move back a couple of rounds, and 
uh, in my experience, when I've done startups, that's what I try to do. And if you can, if you can win that way, that is a huge win. Because then sometimes, you know, we call it a productive struggle. Yeah. I don't even struggle. It's productive, kick ass the first year and have all these picks. You know, that's the way I like to do it. You know, it's like uh, I, I've, I'm in this one startup uh, a couple years ago and someone turned around and goes, how the fuck did, pardon me, can I swear on this? How the heck does Jax have, uh, you know, six first round picks? Look at this damn team. It's good. And he's got these, and they're pissed off. And there's actually a guy pulling it off in this league. He's got a pretty good squad. He's got like four uh, first rounders in 24. Very, very solid way to build. So if you can sell back and still, you know, retain some of that startup value, man, it's, uh, you know, it's not a struggle. It's just productive. Yeah, they, whenever you see a team that sells back and gets an absolute bucket load of value, either in future picks or just hammering, sort of moving out around one and maybe getting two, three, five, yeah. six, something like that, you just think, oh, wow, they're, they're going to be the main contenders to begin with and exactly. in the future with, with what they're building. So, yeah, the envy of all leagues is the, the team that can do that, um, yep. no doubt. So, yeah, we've got Bijan at the 101. I'm going to take the 102. Um, anybody that's following me, won't be surprised by this pick. It's Anthony Richardson. Just feel that with his rushing ability, high ceiling, highest floor type of guy. I wish I'd have done more drafts before the NFL draft because I was, he's been my one all the way through the process. I think though before that, before the NFL draft, he might yeah. be going four, five, six, because there was a yes. lot of risk. We didn't know if he was going to be, like we mentioned before the show, what is it? Was he going to go top five, top 10? Was he going to go? Um, round three, like Malik Willis, we we, we just after last year, after all the hype, Malik Willis was getting and then ended up falling so far. I think we couldn't be 100%. So it was really nice to see him go top four pick. Colts, fantastic spot to develop. Heck great, yeah. uh, great offensive scheme. Yep, Young same. weapons, yep. doesn't need to sort of, he doesn't need to do it all to begin with. He's got Jonathan Taylor, uh, a workhorse guy. Um, so really love Anthony Richardson, I think already is in that top 10 top 12 qb range in dynasty easy yeah in startups as well like people are going mad for him i've seen him going above easily above guys like dak and deshaun watson easily above kyle murray as well so yes. really love really love the guy i just want to know um from yourself jacks how did he sort of move in your rankings uh pre and post drafting uh, in your in your rookie draft? yeah it's funny because like the Malik Willis thing, as you point out, he, you know, a lot of people say, well, that was just a bunch of people that were saying he was good. And they don't know what the hell they're talking about. That's not true. The betting markets had him at, a, at 11. Pick 11 was the over under. And there was steam on the over. So let's not get, let's not get it twisted. People, that was the betting markets. That's where they thought he was going. There was all this noise. Well, he ain't getting past uh, Pittsburgh at 20. That's for sure. You know, all that. <laughs> The people who knew, we don't know. It's not like you and me, Kev, were fucking interviewing, you know, Tomlin. So this isn't like, it, so some of this is smoke, but we don't know what's smoke and what isn't. Levis was smoke this year. You know, we didn't know if it was going to be. So all that revisionist history, people are like, we knew he wasn't going to go. It's like, no, you didn't. Nobody did. And so same thing with Richardson. And because of those reasons, you know, even if, it, look, even if he goes pick 20 versus pick four, you know, you got to be a little bit more careful drafting him at the 102. As a matter of fact, I'm not sure what you would do, and maybe that's a different conversation, but you get my point. And so for me, I was like, I had C.J. Stroud at, at quarterback one the entire way, um, and then I was open to, to listening. Then uh, once B Bryce Young pre-draft was the 1.01, I moved him to quarterback one because yeah. – 
you know, I'm not so sure who's good or who's bad. I, I mean, we've got some, you know, ways of, of trying to figure that out, but the NFL is not very good at it. We're so, certainly not very good at it. So I, I try not to be too smart. Like, trust me, CJ, you know, Stroud is better than, or whatever, vice versa. I'm, I'm willing to sort of be right or wrong about these guys and just sort of use the information that we get. Now that Anthony Richardson goes to pick four to the Colts, as you point out, my pre-draft take on Anthony Richardson was very simple and straightforward. It was, it, when he plays, he's going to be an outstanding fantasy asset. As soon as he plays, be, right? Because he's going to run the football and it's just going to be tethered to to rushing opportunity, and that's enough in in this league. So, you know, uh, look, go look at Justin Fields' stats last year. Throwing the football, he had like twenty two hundred total yards or something like that. Nothing, maybe even less. I think it was not good. Didn't have a ton of touchdowns and still was like a top 10 quarterback, you know, uh, for fantasy. So as soon as Anthony Richardson touched the field, my two concerns were how soon will he get on the field, right? So if you draft him at 102 and he doesn't play for a year, you know, that's not awesome. And then secondly was how long will he be able to stay on the field because how good will he be? Well, both of those things are alleviated by one, the landing spot and two, the draft capital. The landing spot, they basically have come out and said we're playing him. There's no established quarterback. Like if he had yeah. gone to Seattle, maybe he, you know, he Gosh. plays behind Geno for a year or a year plus, which could be a problem. So he didn't go there. He went to wherever there's Gardner Minshew, which is not an impediment to playing time. The head coach has said he's going to play. Uh, the offensive coordinator says that, that he want they want him to play immediately. So he's going to get on the field immediately. And I think with the top four draft capital, he's going to be tethered to opportunity, as was guys like Josh Allen. And, uh, you know, even uh, Daniel Jones, uh, who have been given time and time, opportunity and opportunity to sort of fail. uh, And we're seeing it with with Justin Fields, too. So I think all those types of quarterbacks get their opportunity to fail. Therefore, he's going to be awesome. Uh, Even if he's not good at quarterback, he's going to be given opportunities to be awesome for your fantasy team. So he is now my 102 and quarterback one in this class. Yes. Excellent stuff, Jackson. We'll, we'll keep it with you at QB. I'm guessing at the 103. Who you got? Yeah, and I'll take Bryce Young for the reasons mentioned. Number number the second reason for Bryce Young, we've sort of talked about him, is because I, while I love C.J. Stroud, the player, he did the NFL. I think this is clear too that the NFL in general preferred Bryce Young to C.J. Stroud. Right? It wasn't just uh, Carolina. I think. If you pulled all the NFL GMs, all the you know head coaches or whatever, I think it's probably 60-30 young over Stroud or something like that. I mean, I'm just guessing, right? Yeah. Would you agree? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I, to be honest, I think there was obviously the, uh, the news about Stroud failing that test or doing rubbish on it. I don't know how yeah. true that was, but it's just really interesting how Ohio, Ohio State QB, like Fields, was getting – absolutely dusted before the draft it was yeah. really strange same uh, thing here yeah that. yeah so for, for so because the nfl sort of prefers them and and then here's the big one man that houston's a dump a, a dumpster fire you know it's just not good there i i don't really he doesn't have great weapons i don't like the weapons there the offensive line is is very good right so that's at least somewhat of a saving grace but they gave away their pick next year for you know i mean don't get me started i have a long rant on that ridiculous move but but now they don't have a lot of ways to help find support for cj stroud whereas 
you know, Bryce Young, man, this this team is is looking pretty good. I mean, they have a little bit better weapons. They have a very good offensive line, but I think the infrastructure is better. So it's close, but I, I, I'll take Bryce Young uh, over C.J. Stroud. Yeah, we're, we're in lockstep so far, and um, obviously Bryce Young's been um, sort of polarizing guy for being a short dude, but I don't think that's a factor at all in, in my eyes. I think we're seeing the NFL – uh, the players are coming in all shapes and sizes nowadays. The wide receivers seem to be having more success as smaller guys and yep, got running backs that are in timeshares, which um, the size doesn't matter as, as much. So no concerns with Bryce Young. I think he's, um, if you start looking at Richardson, Young and Stroud, he's probably the, the best of both for safety and upside, whereas obviously Richardson's pure upside uh, as a as a as a prospect and uh, Stroud's probably the safest for in my eyes, but yeah. we will yeah. move on to the 104 and it is, as we mentioned in my eyes, it's Stroud still. Um, I think I'm not going to lean too far into who I would pick at the 105 just yet, but I do think the gap is, it is pretty close because I think the 105 yes. guy, um, if we're on the same wavelength, maybe not, maybe we will be. It's, uh, it's going to be interesting, but yeah, I think Stroud, like you mentioned, the situation is not amazing, but I do love the talent. I think he's, He's going to be a great NFL QB in time if he does get the upgrade of weapons over the next few years. I think he is a safe prospect. I can't see the ceiling of him ever being a top six QB in Dynasty. Uh, his max, I think you're looking at sort of seven, eight, nine. Uh, his, his pure ceiling. But I think he's going to be really steady in that back end. Um, I'd have no concerns with him as my QB two. As a QB one though, I do want to have a little bit more upside. I think if you're if you're trying to win leagues by having your QB one or your I don't know your tight end one as guys that are sort of 10, 11, 12 at their positions, you, you you're way behind someone that's got a Josh Allen, a Mahomes, a Hurts sort of player. So I think as a QB two, maybe if you can get to a scenario where you've got someone like. Uh, a Lamar, a Fields, a Hertz, and then a Stroud. Someone that's a bit of a mix of both, some ceiling, some floor. That would be perfect for me. So, yeah. Stroud for you. I, is he your 104? Yeah, I <clears throat> I think so. I mean, yeah, in general, I was going to say you could make an argument for who I'm about to take at the 105 for, you know, you know, all the way up to even, I suppose, the 102, although I wouldn't do that at all. But, I mean, you can make the case, right? You can always look at the case. And I'll take Jameer Gibbs at the 1.05. I will also say that, you know, right after the draft, I went on with Chalk, and I surmised that you could also argue for Gibbs behind a couple of these wide receivers, but the value now. So, And, and his, his counter to that, which is why I love Chalk, which is why he's on my team, is the main reason for Gibbs here is running back scarcity, especially in this rookie draft. You know, if you look down the line, you can be like, oh, there's a lot of wide receivers, but it gets real thin at running back. So for that reason, Gibbs gets steamed up. Also, he was the 12th pick of the NFL draft. There are virtually zero busts in the top 15 running backs taken in the NFL draft. Even if you say Trent Richardson, that's not true. He had a thousand yards his rookie season. So, I mean, even that lazy son of a bitch uh, was not a bust early on. He, you could have traded him just like uh the, just like the Colts did, um, you know, so yeah, he busted after he was good. But that being said, you know, I think Jameer, you know, we've got our we've got our concerns. I mean, Detroit is funny. Uh, they they did some very weird things at the running back position. They had Jamal Williams on a 
on a very uh, inexpensive contract. He re-signed for an inexpensive contract. Then they basically brought in someone who I guarantee the locker room does not like as much as they would have liked Jamal Williams. I don't know that he's any better than Jamal Williams and, and David Montgomery. I mean, they're in the same spectrum. I mean, they're yeah. fine. You know, they're both big body backs who can make things happen. I, I don't dislike David Montgomery, but I don't think he's special in any way. I certainly think that Jamal was kind of special in one way. He was a galvanizing force and a, and a team leader. I don't yeah. know that David Montgomery does that. So that's weird. Then they have DeAndre Swift. I know he's in the last year of his deal. So maybe that's also why they took Gibbs. They sort of didn't want to have to pay DeAndre Swift. So they're like, let's just cut bait, get Gibbs. We've got him for five years. For those reasons, I see it. Um, but they could have just drafted Bijan at one and signed none of these fucking guys. You know, just no, don't even worry about David Montgomery. Just bring in Bijan and let him, let him, let him tote the rock. You've got, you know, you could have, uh, Swift behind him for one year and then figure it out later. I don't know. That would have been how I would have rolled with it if you really wanted to take a running back. But long story short, I think Gibbs, the only question I have now is with Montgomery in tow, how much do we actually see for Gibbs, right? We we wanted so much for Swift to be this yeah. thing, and they didn't make him that thing. They just have a lot more invested in, in Gibbs, so I think they will make him that thing. But, yeah, that, those are the concerns, but – Gibbs is so tantalizing. Yeah, I think it's great. We're on the same wavelength because it, for me, Gibbs is really close to 104. I think just first of all, going to startups with Gibbs, I, I see him sliding further than he should in startups. Um, so I go in round four, five area, which that, that's too far for me. But going back to sort of rookie drafts, I think 105, 106 was that tier, which pre draft it was is it him, is it JSN? I'm not sure too much has changed there, but. Um, with Gibbs, first of all, draft capital was a lot better than we thought. Well, we can say that, yeah, he's going to sneak into round one and he's gone pick 12, it's 20 picks, but or whatever, 19 picks. But that's massive in the scheme of things. Like you said, running backs that go that high, the, the don't bust. He's on a five-year contract. They've, they've basically put the chips down for him. I think you make a great point about the concerns with they couldn't get the most out of Swift. They've got a guy in Gibbs that as prospects coming into league, he's a lot better than DeAndre Swift. Probably not if you're just taking him on the, the college performance. Right. Couldn't get the most out of Swift. But yeah, with Gibbs, there's tons to like. I think the fact that Swift was, uh, I believe, RB1 in target share. Um, that offense, it's ascending the O-line's great. I think weapons-wise, yeah, they've got... I'm on our St. Brown who's caught a ton of passes, but outside of that, there's question marks. You've got Laporta, a rookie tight end. You've got maybe Jameson Williams. Is he next who... for you? You're going to take him next, right? Laporta, go Detroit back to back. Get the stack. Um, I mean, there's, there's Jameson Williams who uh, I think, what, he's had two or three touches in the NFL, so we don't know about him. Um, Montgomery, yeah. I mean, I just think it's wide open for Gibbs to be an absolute machine and yeah, just with that draft capital, with the the system, the the scheme that they've got there, with it's potentially going to be the RB one in targets and in target share. Yeah, the, the it's going to be one of those things too, Kev, where it's like if in the first game they give him like seven carries and three targets, the media is mm -hmm. going to be like, "What about Jameer Gibbs? Why didn't Jameer Gibbs play?" You know, there's going to be intensity around the pressure to play Gibbs and to give him opportunities, the fan base, the media, the, it's just, it's not going to be like, 
oh, that was cool to see Jameer Gibbs get a couple. No, that's not how it's going to be. There's going to be a fervor for him to get opportunities. And you got to feel like the coaching staff in front office is going to feel the same way. Look, we just made this pick. We were hooting and hollering and jumping like a bunch of teenage girls in the war room. We got to get his ass on the field. So he's going to play. And, you know, for those reasons, you got to steam him. Also, he's a target, not a carry. So targets are more valuable than carries. Uh, We know this already. And he's also checks notes very fast. Yeah, and, and I'm not going to get on Salvin Kamara comps because I don't think that's fully true. No. But the what I believe it was a coach mentioned Alvin Kamara, which just got me shaking my head already. But um, enough of Gibbs. I don't want to hype him up too much because I I'll tell to... you one thing before you pick though. Um, in that uh, startup I'm talking about, uh, CJ Stroud went 3.03 uh, startup, and Gibbs went 3.9. So about six picks later, so they're very close. Uh, Gibbs, I think, is being rightfully grouped with you know Saquon and stuff like that. It, it, you know, as a running back and startup. So, just a food for thought. Yeah, I think honestly, I think by this time next year, Gibbs is going to be easily top three, maybe running back two. But that's yeah. just my that's just my guess. We'll have to see. But moving on to the one hundred six, yeah, very possible indeed. One hundred six. I'm going to stick with a chalk, Jackson Smith and Jigba. I think that. Prospect-wise, a little bit higher than the other wide receivers. I think draft capital-wise, it did go a little bit lower than expected in, in the draft. I thought it'd be maybe 10 spots higher, but uh, that group of four went as a group of four in real life as well. So yeah, um, it was nothing to put me off. I think draft capital is what we expected. Talent's there. Landing spot, I wasn't massive about. I think it's Geno Smith very good at what he does. Um, he, he was fantastic last year completion percentage-wise, some of the short stuff. I just think that DK Metcalf, he's potentially awesome. He's not really done it for fantasy, but he's got that potential. Tyler Lockett is always underrated. Yeah. You know, he always outscores DK Metcalf in points yeah. per game. So it wasn't the best landing spot. I think it might take till year two, year three to see the most of him. I think they'll be potentially by windows this season to, to get on him because I can't see, like... Comparing him to what could potentially be the next pick in this rookie mark, um, that's very very different situations. If yeah. it's if it's a guy, it's potentially going to be where um, Jackson Smith Jigba is going to have a, a worse season, which is going to potentially drop him below us, the, the next guy. So um, yeah, I love the prospect. I think great that he got the draft capital landing spot. I'm not thrilled about, but I think just you're playing for talent. Don't know what's going to happen in yes. Seattle with trades, etc. So um, I'm taking Jason. I guess you're in the, the the same spot. Any concerns with him going to Seattle? Not at all. Not at all. As a matter of fact, like if I've I've likened the JSN landing spot to CD Lamb's landing spot with Dallas. If you remember, it was nice. it was Gallup and Amari and Lamb. And I remember thinking I wasn't great. It's the same type of thing with JSN. It's not great. It's not like he walks in and you're like, woohoo, this is going to be amazing. But I think it hurts all three of them, right? Just like yeah. it hurt all three of Amari, Gallup, and uh, Lamb. But if you believed in Lamb as the player, which I did, you believed that he was going to see targets. I think the same thing about JSN. He's going to see targets. And if I were uh, handicapping the targets for all three of them, I would actually, I think JSN is going to see the most targets on that team this year. 
because he's a target machine. Now, do I think he's going to outscore the other two? No, but if I was just betting on who's going to see the most targets in that offense, I think it's JSN, but I'd probably project them all between 90 and 100. You know what I mean? It's like all three of those guys are going to see – they're, none of them are going to get 150. You know, I, I don't think. Obviously, unless someone gets hurt or something. But, yeah. you know, Metcalf sees his, um, you know, production come with the big plays on the outside. So he can sort of survive with less targets and still see his his value. Uh, the one that I think is hurt sort of the most is Lockett. Um, but Lockett's like 32. At some point, you know, JSN's going to take it from him. And, uh, you know, it'll probably be like, you know, Metcalf and JSN with some other guy you know, next year and the following years. But I think JSN starts in the slot. I also liken uh, JSN's, you know, entry to the league with CD Lamb in the same way that I think they're going to enter through the slot. Uh, yeah. In other words, right, you know, um, CD played almost – I think he only played like 60 to 70% of the snaps his rookie season, but he was like 100% slot. Same thing with JSN. He may not play in two wide receiver sets, but, you know, that's going to be a lot of run plays and run blocking and stuff like that. So he's going to – you know, his, his ceiling will be limited, but I think he's going to be in on all the passing downs. You know what I mean? When it's yeah. when right, you know what I mean? Like, and he's going to be in the slot. He's going to learn the game through the slot, and then next year, you know, widen his game just like CD did. But I think CD played, still plays predominantly in the slot. Now they have Cooks on the outside to sort of take that away. So yeah, I think it's I think it's fine for him. I think he's going to be great. Um, so yeah, I think that that's the way I see it. What do you think about that? Yeah, I think um, he's, first of all, it's a great comp, and if you could get JSN on that CD Lamb trajectory, it's going to be fantastic. I think with Seattle though, um, JSN, Lockett, DK Metcalf. I mean, it's like a game of rock paper scissor. Like, which one you're going to get each week? You're going to have yes uh, different weeks where you've got different wide receiver ones on that team. But um, it's a great. Uh, it's going to be great for Geno Smith, who, who was a big winner of the draft. So um, yeah. yeah, we're going to move on to 107 now. For your next pick, Jacks. I've got Scott Barrett on the show, uh, the Undrafted tonight. It'll it'll uh, release tomorrow. I'm super excited to talk to him. And one of the questions I have for him is, "What do you do at 107?" Um, I think it's between two players. Personally, uh, for me, it's not easy, but I push the button with confidence for Jordan Addison uh, at the 1.07. I love Jordan Addison, the player. Um, I, for me, he was my wide receiver two coming into the process. None of this changes. As a matter of fact, I think as you were alluding to, Jordan Addison is, yes. you know, home run <laughs> landing spot on the opposite of Justin Jefferson. They've been searching for a second sort of wide receiver to to, to pair with Jefferson. To me, they found it. I think this dude's really good. Um, you know, his his sort of target share and his raw numbers weren't as good with Caleb Williams, and you were kind of hoping that he would just go bonkers last year. But I think some of that is attributed to, and if you're glass half full, it's attributed to the fact that Caleb's so good he doesn't need to lock on to one receiver. He's He's got this. You know, I can throw to a secondary guy. I'll make him open. He's open. I, I see him. Uh, whereas I think, you know, in, in Pittsburgh, or you know, it was more – you know, Kenny Pickett was like, that dude's my guy. I'm going to throw it to him no matter what. He'll bail me out, and he did. So maybe a little of that. New new place to, you know, whatever. But I think Addison's that good. The NFL agreed. They took him, you know, uh, right there, uh, you know, in the in that little top four that you mentioned. Um, so for me, yeah, Jordan Addison, opposite of J Justin Jefferson, uh, he's going to be single covered. <laughs> <laughs> we can we can lock it in and and you know it's a very concentrated target share there i love that 
You know, to me, it reminds me a little bit of A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith. I'm not suggesting that they play the same. They're a little bit different. But to some degree, this Jordan Addison, he'll fit right in like Devontae fit in with that other team. And Hawkinson, Goddard, uh, Justin Jefferson is A.J. Brown. It kind of feels like that. Um, So I think it's going to be a little bit of that. And so I like Jordan Addison. I think he's going to see over 100 targets in his rookie season. And he's going to be a, a starter from day one. Yeah, I think your breakdown first of all of Caleb Williams was spot on the fact that he is that good that he doesn't have to focus on one guy. And it got me just thinking, uh, I saw a comp this week of Williams to Pat Mahomes and he does exactly the same. And Pat yes. Kelsey, it's Kelsey and then it's literally everybody on earth. Whoever. Um, yeah. He makes anyone relevant. So Great point. Yeah. And, and Addison, I mean, anybody that can make Kenny Pickett look good, they deserve <laughs> to be uh, given some respect. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, get, get, yeah. Let's throw some Kenny Pickett getting some <laughs> shots fired, some shade from the from the top rope. Love it. So uh, yeah, one away for me is actually my um, my wide receiver too, Quentin Johnston. Um, purely on upside, I think you can't really go wrong with any of these four. I don't think, but yeah, Quentin Johnston. I like the fact that big play guy, um, dominant guy. I think if everything hits for him. In my eyes, I think he's got the highest ceiling in this in this class. I could That's see fair. him being a top top three, top five dynasty wide receiver. There is a lot of downside to it. He could be it could be a bit of a bust. But yeah. um I, I just feel that he's enticing the 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 body type, the I think the the hands are overrated as such, the fact that he's getting right. a lot of shade for his hands. But yeah, people see the the helmet on the logo the logo on the helmet, sorry, and they worry about the sort of the past and stuff but yeah i think he's a high risk pick at this at this slot but he's always going in the top nine i've not been in a rookie draft where he's fallen outside of the top nine i don't think and in most of the ones i'm in he seems to be the consensus wide receiver free like we've gone have you seen him drop any in your rookie drafts or is he is he i haven't going i haven't yours? yeah i feel like he's an auto pick here at, at 1.08 uh you mentioned the helmet i joked on the podcast that people have ptcusd <laughs> let that one sink in for a moment instead of ptsd it's ptcusd tcusd sorry yeah. <laughs> it's a good joke I, it just has to land for a second once you hear it and understand it. no i'm joking um but uh so you would have quentin over addison is that where you're at that's where i was before and i think just based on is that where you are now yeah yeah Yeah, i I think whoever you thought was before draft the draft they have to be the same four because they've all got pretty good landing spots they've all got very very similar draft cap i think if you're changing you might you might want to bump up a guy like i could imagine there's people that had quentin johnston four and say flowers free in their in their rankings and think actually we're going to call baltimore a bad spot we're going to call herbert and the charges a good spot and flip them but i just think if you have them this way before the draft keep them the same there's, there's not there's not enough that's changed for me to say this one's got better than the other like i wouldn't expect addison to jump jsn even though technically he's got a i, I would i would only push back unless you were like you know rankings are sometimes tiers sometimes it can be flat you're like i don't know i'm off coin flip between addison and quentin before the draft or something and because for me i also had been talking about this landing spot and i thought it would be a second round guy i thought it was going to be mims or rashi rice or someone like that whatever uh landing opposite justin jefferson and i was going to really like that player i was kind of hoping it was going to be mims in second round so i could just 
have him everywhere. Because for me, I had Mims as my wide receiver four ahead of Zay Flowers, just me. Uh, but that's because I thought Mims was really good. Not that I thought, and I thought maybe Mims could get like early second round capital or something, or maybe even sneak into the late first. He didn't. He was the eighth wide receiver selected, so that yeah, I can no longer have him there for those reasons. But he and Mims is his own story. We could talk about that, but um, but in any event, so now I I, I agree with you. Um, now we're at nine. This is where the draft starts for me uh, because I I am not going to be taking Zay Flowers. Ooh, spicy. Oh, and I, I can take a lot of different players here. And I, I can take Zay Flowers here. I can take a lot of different players here. I'm going to take a player that I think um, I, I don't always take in this particular spot, okay? Yeah. But for the show and for what I really want to do, I'm going to take Kendra Miller right here. I don't really have to take him here. So I don't take him here, but this is a show, you know? And so it's good for conversation. It's good for, you know, whatever. I like Kendra Miller here. I think it's for me, if it's tight end premium, you really have to consider the tight end Kincaid. If you love Zay Flowers, you're welcome to take Zay Flowers here. If you're running back needy, then, you know, there's a chain Charbonnet Miller. So there's a lot of different options here, right? But for me, I think Kendra Miller is as sure a bet long-term as there is sort of remaining. And uh, he, he might have some sneaky year one upside. I have taken A-Chain ahead of him a couple of times, and I don't know if I regret it or not, but I think A-Chain, the reason I, I like A-Chain ahead of him is just go look at the best ball, you know, and A-Chain goes miles ahead of Miller, which means that the, the sharp – uh, fantasy football analysts think that a chain is going to be better year one for running backs. Hey man, as soon as they hit, they're worth some look at Pacheco. Yeah. I mean, right. You know, Pacheco seventh round pick who gives a shit. He's good. Fuck it. Everybody paid first round picks. Damian Pierce paid first round pick. So as soon yeah. as the guy hits, he's worth a future first. And you know, a chain could easily be worth a first plus if he starts to hit for Miami. Uh, but if you're just asking me player eval, the, the whole thing, I, I really like Kendra Miller. I really like the landing spot. So we'll just go Kendra Miller for the for the for the show for the brand. For the brand, yeah, it's it's interesting actually because last show um, I likened Kendra Miller to the fight of Icarus, where I think he is going to get pushed up boards. And you're absolutely right what you say about running back that if they they're going to get playing time early, if they hit their value spikes, and give some give some great examples there of of how you can do that. So you could potentially not like Miller as much as, as you think, but it's a process player that is going to get the playing time. It's going to see his value rise. I can get off him um, for for a better price, potentially a 24 yeah. first, which if, at the 109, if you're taking a, a, a random 24 first, it's, it's not a bad bet to make at all. You've got um, pretty good odds of that. So I, yeah, I, would, see sell, why- I would sell any, any pick here on 109 and later, for a random 24 first straight up almost every time. Uh, so, you know, because I, I you know, especially if I can, it, you know, if I can trade back into the second round and pick up a 24 first, anything 109 and later, I'll do that in a heartbeat. Uh, that trade is usually not there for you, especially with sharp players. But with with not as sharp players, they'll definitely do that. I had, 
it's a great story. You'll love this. I had a guy in my DMs who's a follower and was like, you know, asked me the question. He goes, uh, <clears throat> I just had someone offer me the one. I think it was a, he's the 110. He goes, I can, I can, I can buy the 110 uh, for the guy offered me a 24 first, my 24 first and the 212. And I said, I said, take, no, take the 24 first and the, yeah. and the 212. And he's like, okay, thanks. And then uh, DM back goes, I did it anyway. I took the 110 and took Kincaid. And I was like, <laughs> good for you. Good for you. No, good for you or whatever. You didn't listen to me. That's fine. That's, that's whatever. He's having fun. He's playing fucking fantasy football. I hope he has a great time. I hope Kincaid's a, next kelsey i hope you know good for you but the process play that guy won the other guy he got his 212 who he could get musgrave or laporta or yeah. or some other player who might be better than kincaid and he has a 24 first it's an absolute smash here late in the first because i think it flattens out a little bit with these prospects a bit i don't know if you agree with that yeah i think anything from sort of back end round one to back end round two it's it's all very similar. I think then when you get to the end of round two, it's kind of a mess. If you, yeah. I've been in rookie drafts like two eleven, two twelve, you just just praying that someone decent falls, or you're trying to trade up like mad. But <laughs> but is. yeah, just, I just think whichever you're running back three is that you take in your rookie drafts, you're not going to feel a hundred percent confident about. Like I'm a Devon A chain, I'm like a fanboy. I think he's not moved up draft bars to me because he's already there, but. You can paint you can tell yourself a story where he doesn't hit because of potentially it's a 49er system that they've got over there so it could be someone different next year yeah you can tell a story about size that actually it doesn't matter more than than i i believe but um but yeah i think what do, using a process of taking a running back letting him accrue value early and then moving off uh, before something happens i think it's yes it's, it's a great shout and it, it makes my pick at the one turn um a little bit easier because it was getting to a, a tense but i'm going to take zay flowers um we've talked a lot about the wide receivers similar draft capital similar landing spots baltimore has been notorious for being a bit of a wide receiver graveyard but new oc todd munkin is going to bring in fresh ideas it, it appears they're going to be more pass heavy um yeah. lamar's got some of his best well he's, he's definitely got the best weapons of his career with uh, Flowers, Bateman, Andrews. I'm not going to say OBJ because we don't know about that just yet. Unlikely. Yeah. Unlikely. <laughs> yeah. He's an, I, I mean, like really, he's been, he was really good, man. He's a good pass catcher. It was yeah. interesting. He he looks more athletic than his athletic testing, yeah. likely, doesn't he? Like, yeah. I thought he was like kind of fast and like, you know, and then you look at his testing, you're like, ran like a 4 9 or 4 8 5 or some shit. You're like, mm-hmm. I don't know, man. He looks, he looks fucking good to me as an athlete, but. Um, either way, he's the backup tight end. And I think they've got a lot of good ways to play it there in Baltimore. You're right with the new offensive coordinator. Um, you would expect a lot more passing game work uh, for, um, you know, for Lamar and a little less of that sort of just, you know, fake it up the middle, and that little RPO they run like every single play. So they'll be able to run that stuff, but hopefully they'll get him under center a little bit too, where they can use play action to their advantage. Um, you know, I know he doesn't, a lot of these quarterbacks don't like being under center, but I don't understand why they're not able to run multiple, you know, ways of do- just sometimes getting under the center changes the defense's reads. And, you know, when you have an athlete like Lamar, I'm, I'll be curious to see if they do get him under center a little bit again, not a lot, but enough to, to, you know, to, to keep the, off, uh, the defense honest. Um, I'll take your boy here, Devon, a chain. Nice. You're an a chain guy. 
Oh, big, big chain guy. Yeah, I think. I'm surprised you didn't take him here because yeah. for me right now, it's like anywhere back here, I'm ready to start taking these these uh, these these two running backs, a chain and, and Kendra. I think they're. I love Kendra's profile, and I think the opportunity is going to be a little bit better than we're giving him credit for. A chain. Dude, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm a bit Izzy Abanacana guy, and I was hoping he would go like round three to Miami. That was like yeah. my, you know, if he landed there, I was just going to be way too overweight with A Chain. I mean, with uh, Izzy everywhere. A Chain gets that landing spot. Uh, my analysis of, of A Chain is he's awesome, and he is good at every damn thing except being big enough to play running back in the NFL. <laughs> Seriously, he runs like he's big enough, but he's not big enough. So, Look, he's in a place where they've done that with Raheem Mostert. They've, he's not big enough to play in the NFL either. Uh, they've they've shown how they can use a speed back to their advantage. They also have, checks notes, some speed on the outside. Turns out, Waddle oh, yeah. and Hill. <laughs> Holy shit. They're going to be a fast team, right? So, I mean, you know, those three players, A-Chain, Waddle, and, and Tyreek, you know, so I think they're going to find some creative ways to get A-Chain some big plays and so I think in year one, he's going to have those big plays. And I think fantasy gamers are going to love that. They're going to fall in love with his ass, and they're going to be willing to pay you big, you know, big capital to get A-Chain on your team, on their team. So I think A-Chain is a great pick, even if you don't like him, to to to, to pick him and then be able to flip him. I think you're, you're spot on there. I think the interesting thing for me with A-Chain is – his profile sort of balanced out by the fact that it was a towards the end of round three, which I think is a little bit lower than some expected, but he got the the amazing landing spot with the Dolphins. I think anybody that wanted the the day two running back on either like the Dolphins or the Bengals or the Cowboys, I think if like a Barney Candor on the Cowboys, that would have been... I was so <laughs> excited. Yeah, exactly. He got such Hands a off. shit landing spot. Yeah, dude. Izzy on the Cowboys. That, well, that was number two, by the way. That was my second favorite landing spot for Izzy. Would have been the Cowboys. First was uh, Miami. <sighs> Why can't we have nice things? And then freaking Pete Carroll ruins the draft by uh, by taking uh, Charbonnet in the second round. It's like, dude, what are you what are you doing to us? You killed two running backs that are. I mean, it's just awful sometimes. You know, we can't have nice things. Is indeed it's. <laughs> You know, right. I, I just think a chain like pass. Look, think a little bit like Jameer Gibbs, but yeah. uh, a little bit like eight percent Jameer Gibbs. I think would be fantastic for him. I can't see him ever being a running back one, but someone that's going to be someone you could sell in the future if it hits. Like using the same process you did for Kendrick Miller, something similar. A chain. Yeah, he gets a backfield. People are going to go wild for it, even before he does anything of note. If he's getting starting snaps for the Dolphins, people will. We'll pay up for it. Yeah, um, and he's he, he, A Chain's immediately one of the fastest guys in the NFL because he's one of the fastest guys on the planet. You know, so he's really, really fast. And so when you're that fast and you've got that much space because of the space that's created by the other two really, really fast guys on the team, uh, I, yeah, I think there's going to be some opportunities for him. I was kind of joking with Chalk like it's third and eighteen. And like generally a little screen pass is like, you know, why we just tackled him. Like third and eighteen screen pass to A chain's like, oh, he could be he could be gone here. Like he just has to beat like one or two guys and he's just faster than dudes. He's gonna be a very, very explosive weapon, even in some unconventional situations. Indeed. And to be honest, it's it's brought me to the one twelve and it, I still think it's an awful spot to be in. I think you you've 
for, I'm going to narrow it down to two. For me, it's either Levis or, or Charbonnet. And yeah. I'm, I'm actually going to lean uh, Levis on this one. Um, yeah. Ju- just on the basis that, like, Charbonnet, if he gets one of those landing spots you mentioned, it's um, it's wheels up. I mean, the draft capital was great for him, but being behind Kenneth Walker, it's, it, it is terrible because he's a young running back that's been awesome on the ground. And I think... If JSN didn't go to Seahawks, so you could maybe tell yourself a story that the target share could be there. But with Metcalf, with Lockett and JSN, <laughs> I, I, the, the target share is not going to be there in the short term. So it's you've got a really amazing handcuff. Like anything happens to Kenneth Walker, that yeah. is that he's kind of a little bit like Tony Pollard when he came in. The fact that he's he's behind a a running back that's going to be there for a while. There's right. tons of tons of weapons. It'll be just a case of people will take Charbonnet and hold him and hope for a, a Tony Pollard outcome. But you might be holding him three, four years um, and not getting not getting nothing from him. So I'll take Levis on the basis that just missed out on round one as a QB. He will get a shot with QBs. Yep. You see it in your leagues. You try and trade for QB and Superflex. It's it's so hard to do. It's easiest to get him in your startups, but Failing that rookie drafts uh, are the next best thing. Trying to trade for him is is a joke because yep. you you're having to pay first for guys like Ridder, like Mac Jones, um, Sam Howell. Yep. Yeah, it's it is pretty gross. So Levis, the prospect, I'm not a fan of, um, but it's just a process player that he will get starting shot, and when he does, I'll be. It'll probably be this year, too. Yeah. I mean, if you had to guess, Will Levis starts this year over under four and a half, what would you take, you know? Yeah, it all depends which way the Titans go as well. Like, if if they they trade Henry midseason, if they're out of looking out of source, then it, the rebuild begins. He might get half season. I mean, the, the division's better, you know. Yeah. I mean, uh, obviously, Jacksonville is certainly favored to win the division. Indianapolis just got very exciting. They just had an amazing draft. Like they killed the draft. Forget about Anthony Richardson. I mean, not, not forget about him, but you know, the rest of their draft was outstanding. They absolutely killed the, the NFL draft. They're gonna be better. Um, and then Houston, I mean, they got a quarterback. They're gonna suck. They're gonna be awful. <laughs> They're gonna be terrible. What a fucking train wreck Houston is. But Tennessee's got some more competition in that division, and their roster's not awesome. They don't have a lot of weapons. They're gonna rely on, you know, sort of Tannehill, Henry, and Traylon. And Chig, obviously, everybody loves Chig. Chig. Everyone loves Chig, yeah. Everybody loves Chig, but you know they're they're not a great offense. So we'll see what they can do. But they've got a great coaching, they've got great infrastructure. But I think at some point, like if they're just like, I don't know, man, if they're three and six, mm. you know what I mean? Like it's, sure. they don't even have to be terrible. But if they're just three and six, and it's like I don't know, man, let's just let's just let's just start this Levis thing here. You know, I think at some point they can they would they would turn to Levis. As a as you say, trade Henry. Move on, move it on. Let's move it on. Let's get something else going on. So you're right, Levis. And if not that, he would project to be a starter next year and get an opportunity. Um, he was drafted in that spot where you've seen, you know, Lamar Jackson, Hertz, uh, Drew Brees, David Carr. You've seen some some wins there. You've also seen Paxton Lynch and others that have been complete busts. And, and yeah, you and I, I think are more on that. He's closer to Pax and Lynch than those other guys, but we don't know you and me, you know, no. we don't know. And he's going to get a chance to show which one of those two guys he is, or at least presumably will. Yeah. What about, uh, Hey, let me ask you this. Would you have considered um, Dalton Kincaid at all? 
I think in a non-tight end premium, I'm, I'm more likely just to fade it until sort of mid-second him and Mayer, uh, just based on the fact that for him to see a value increase, he's got to be like Evan Ingram, title picks really rookie good. season. To, yeah, to it's do really that. true. I'd rather give it a season and buy him for a, a similar price next off season. But yeah, I just think on Levis from a real life point of view, I hope they don't do what the Falcons have done and give, I mean, give rid of what two, three games. They don't really know what they've got. I think with Levis, give him six or seven, and then you, yeah. you will know if he is someone you can build around or if he's uh, like Kenny Pickett, hot trash, second shot at Kenny Pickett on the show of it. So. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so we've done the, the uh, rookie mock draft there. I'll just quickly reel through um, how it went. It went Bijan, Richardson, Young, Stroud, Gibbs, JSN, Addison, Johnston, Miller, Flowers, A-Chain, and Levis. We now come on to the Fantasy Wildcard selection where we're going to get Jax to pick his Fantasy Wildcard, the player that he believes will improve their dice value the most in 2023. Now, um we're not letting Jacks pick anyone that's been chosen by our previous guests, so we're making him work a little bit harder than uh, some of the uh, the other other guys and girls we've had on before. So, yeah, Jacks, who's your fantasy wildcard selection for this season? I mean, if you're going to have someone increase in value, sometimes it's got to be someone kind of gross, you know? Yeah. So I could have said some of the guys that are more fun. I, I thought about saying Desmond Ritter. Because I think he's he's definitely one. So I'm gonna give a I'll let someone else behind me on the show say Desmond Ritter because I like that one a lot. Team player, yeah. Yep, I think he's I think he's definitely. Uh, first of all, he's got Konami upside. So he, I think you know I really should say Desmond Ritter. But let me give you a couple others. So you can pick. You can take whoever you want out of these and and not let a, someone else say these. But yeah. what about Antonio Gibson? Right, like we're so afraid of like you know. Um, Brian Robinson. By the way, how many trades are there going to be with B. Robinson? <laughs> yeah. Buddy, That's fuck. Brilliant. If I have Brian Robinson, I'm putting him in every trade back, and I'm asking for the world back. Like, yeah. I'm putting him in and asking for the fucking goods, man. And hopefully someone just like, click, yeah, I'll take Bijan for that. And you're like, you did get yeah. B. Robinson. Um, but Antonio Gibson could be that guy. Like, we just don't know what will happen there. So I'm – I'm I'm leaving a light on for Antonio Gibson. And then the guy I wanted to say, the gross one, the one that you don't want it. You don't want to hear it. Nobody wants this. Everybody's going to be shaking their head like they just were fed, a, you know, a rotten apple. But what about Chase Claypool? Chase Claypool is basically free 99 wow. right now. He They traded the 33rd pick or 32nd pick of the draft for him. They, they've got some, you know, investment there. It's they've got DJ Moore. Um, I think Mooney's on the last year of his deal. Dude, I've heard worse ideas than Chase Claypool getting close to 100 targets and and being a kind of a beast. I mean, he is a little bit beastly. We all know he's not that good at football, but he is an exceptional athlete and a size-adjusted athlete at that. They could use him as sort of a pseudo tight end. They don't really have much tight end play. Komet's fine, but he's not exactly explosive. So maybe Chase Claypool could be the guy who sort of sees a – a bit of an increase in value. Uh, I, I can tell you a year ago, a year ago, I've told this story before. I'm in a league with name dropping right here, JJ Zacharyson. And JJ offered me, this is a full year ago. Yeah. He offered me Chase Claypool straight up for Amon Ross St. Brown. And let me just tell you, at that moment, Chase Claypool was, everybody had Chase Claypool higher in their dynasty rankings than Amon Ra. And I was mm-hmm. like, 
I almost pulled the trigger. I almost yeah. countered with like a little bit of juice. And I was like, I'll get one over on him. Yeah, and then yeah. I started, then I thought, I said, no, this is a sucker bet. This is a sucker bet because I'm on Raw's on the way up. Chase is on the way down. My point here, though, is that we didn't see Chase as much of the hot garbage that he is right now. Right now, nobody wants to pull push the button for Chase Claypool in any way, shape, or form, including me. But I'm just saying, I think he's got an opportunity to really increase in value. So for that reason, he's a buy low. I'm, I'm going to put my put my chip on Chase Claypool begrudgingly. That. No, that's um, that is super spicy. I mean, thank you. I was potentially going to let you have two because uh, obviously Matt and Ali haven't haven't turned up tonight, and I thought, you know what, Jack's Falcone, main man, let's, let, let's give him two. I think you've, you've dug really deep there as well. These are cracking selections. I think, like I say, with Gibson, um, it might be his next team because from Rivera doesn't seem possible. fancy him. But, yeah. Yeah, the think, running backs, though, they you know they sometimes yeah. just flush out of the league, and you're like, so it, it may not be Gibson, and it certainly might not be Claypool either, by the way, but <laughs> you can't imagine Claypool getting that much lower in his in his rankings. No. I mean, I don't even know where he's going off, but like I'm in a draft right now, and I'm pretty far down in, in, a, in a startup, and Claypool's nowhere in the ADP. you got to keep scrolling a bit. So I think, I think Claypool has an opportunity to just be average and therefore you know see some increase in value. Mm-hmm. No, I love that. So, yeah, that brings us to the end of, of tonight's show where we've gone through the rookie mock draft post the NFL draft with our amazing guest, Jax Falcone. So before you go, Jax, um, please remind the audience where they can find you and anything you'd like to plug. Yeah, please. Um, well, we are at theundroppables.com, so go to theundroppables.com. You can also search The Undroppables on Twitter and you know, much of our brethren will 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 rise to the top. You can follow everybody at the Undroppables. I do a show called The Undrafted, which you can also find on any platform by searching The Undroppables, or of course me or the the Undrafted. But search The Undroppables because you'll see some of the other shows that are coming up, like Unending Rebuild and stuff like that. That's actually a pretty good show. Um, you know, the playbook that my producer Michael P. Duncan does with Ashley uh, is a pretty good show. So just search it all up. But for the most part, you just want to hear the undrafted. So just go find it on uh, uh, on wherever the hell you find podcasts. Uh, Spotify is kind of the best spot right now, I think. So. No, you've been a, you've been an amazing guest tonight, Jax. Thank you. And um, just echoing um, what you said there. Obviously, your show, the undrafted. I'll hold my hand up. I'm fanboying. I've not missed an episode since it began. Nice. Um, I've caught the playbook a few times with um, with Michael and Ashley as well. And that's that's a great show. So. Just, um, yeah, do check those out. Do follow Jax if you don't already. If you don't follow him, then we can't be friends. So nice. please do do that. Um, you've been an amazing guest. You threw the curveball in with Millie. You've given us some great, great chat throughout. And also the, the wild card selection at the end was, well, the wild card selections. Yeah, were, were super I can't spicy. just do one. I'm such a, I'm such a, <laughs> such a jerk, you know. Sorry about that. No, that's, um, that's amazing. But, yeah, just... Thank you to the audience for tuning in. Be sure to follow and subscribe to us on Twitter and YouTube at Fantasy Wildcard and at Wildcard Dynasty. Join us for our show every Wednesday. And thank you once again. Have a good one. And we'll see you again soon. When you have the wild card, you have the power to change the game. 